Hello and welcome to episode 1186 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, June 15th. I'm your host, Paul Spohr, joined today by not only Justin Mason, but also a special guest, ESPN senior writer Tristan Cockroft. Gentlemen, how's it going this afternoon? Going quite well. It's a lovely day. It's good to see you guys. Good to talk some baseball with some very, very smart baseball people. It's great to have you on. Justin, how are you doing? I'm sweating Tyler Wells right now. That's all I'm doing. I, I feel sweat, you. I'm... Sweating Tyler. I got it on in the background. So for those of you who like the me watching Michael Kopech get destroyed live oh while we're recording, uh, I'm really hoping that doesn't happen right here. Let me ask you all something. Um, you're going to be happy in a second, by the way. Sorry, I spoiler alert. But um, when you guys don't start somebody, how invested are you in the start? When we of the don't guy. start someone. Yeah, but, but uh, say, like, let's say it's not just a standard streamer that you don't plan yeah. on keeping, but you like him, but you, you decided to take the start off. How hard are you like, man, I still hope it's good. Like, I, I kind of want to be wrong so I can trust this guy more. Or do you just want to be proven right? And then, for example, if Tyler Wells gets blown up here, you're like, oh, I should have sat him against Toronto. Like, where do you stand? I'll start with you, Tristan. When you sit a guy that you like, what's your investment in that start? I'm going to be honest, Paul, that's a good question because I had not thought about that before now. I, I I don't deeply think about guys who I wasn't already on going in, and that's kind of a handful of players a week. So mm-hmm. if it's somebody who I, I wrote, bench and evaluate him or watch this guy just got called up. The, the most recent was, was uh, Andrew Abbott. Andrew Abbott yeah. was one who loved the matchup, widely available in our game. It was very hard to make the case to use him. So there were there were cases I didn't do it and I was rooting for him nevertheless. So I guess I would say I'm I'm still rooting for the guy to do what I suggested or yeah kind of kind of give give me I don't know I try to be a positive guy. <laughs> yeah, I I do too and like uh, so I stay pretty invested. Uh, I am the guy. I did not start Tyler Wells. I sat Bradish and Wells and I've been on the edge of my seat with both hoping that they're great. And I think it is to earn that trust going forward to where maybe I'm just going to start them more blindly. I think it was a close one at home and you're just going to get a pickoff here. Sorry, Justin, I'm just going to spoil it because it was an awesome play. But yeah, he's going to get out of the inning here with a pickoff. Um, But you know, at home, I think you can make the case pretty easily, but I decided to take it easy, but I've been, I've been dialed in on these starts with these guys. Justin, where do you come out on that? Guys you don't start, but you still have on the team. Are you invested in those, those starts? Or do you focus too much on the guys who are playing? Uh, a little peel behind the curtain. I was telling Paul right before Tristan came on that I was so frustrated yesterday because I had both Ranger Suarez and Kyle Bradish just sitting on my bench yep. in my league where I'm in the top 10 in the overall in the auction championship. And uh, and started Daniel Lynch, uh, it started Josiah Gray. So it, I think it hurts a little bit more when you make a different decision and those guys get like hit around on the day that the other guys are doing well because you get to look at that live scoring on your bench and go and go, oh, what could have been? But ultimately for me, I like to see them do well because I think that makes the decision to keep them on your roster a little bit easier. That's because- where I'm at too, yep. I want that confidence. Although if it goes the other way, maybe then it's an easier cut to make. But a neutral start, I don't know. Go ahead, Tristan. You know know what the other is, Paul? It's league context dependent. Mm -hmm. In my home points league that you guys know, I've talked about this one for years. Mm -hmm. That's the one where when I sit Ranger Suarez, it kills me when he gives me a good start. And especially the two start guys. Uh, when when those starts get shuffled around, especially around oh, postponements, yes. that drives me up the wall. Yes. 
That's so killer. Yeah, I I, I have that too. So I, I think I think in that league, yes, I am thinking about it, and I'm aggravated, but I'm probably still rooting for my guys anyway. Yeah, I I, I still do root for him. You know, here's another guy. This is more from the writing aspect. Hogan Harris. You know, I've talked about, like, I'm interested in him. I'm keeping tabs on him. But I couldn't recommend people start him against Tampa Bay. I just, I'm not that confident in him yet. But I was rooting for him to go out there and really shove, and he did. So now that adds to my confidence in him going forward, and maybe I do start to get some recos there, although it's always so hard to recommend an Oakland pitcher because the win probability doesn't even exist. But anyway, that was just a little uh, off-the-cuff question there. I was just wondering what you guys were thinking as I watched this Tyler Wells start. Let's get into it. We are talking with ESPN senior writer Tristan Cockroft. Tristan, unfortunately, the ESPN Fantasy Podcast is no more. We reference it all the time lovingly. Love what Nate and Matthew did, what, what you and Eric were able to do with the show. It was a staple. It has since departed. Uh, what are you doing to fill that time, though? Obviously, writing more. What, what, do, you been, what do you have going on lately uh, since the pod is no longer? I, I do appreciate that. Uh, also, all the listeners' comments on it. I, I miss it. But, uh, you know, I, I keep myself pretty busy nevertheless. I mean, my mornings have probably gotten a little bit crazier now than they ever have been. Uh, as you know, uh, we, we do a, a file called The Daily Notes, which mm -hmm. we project each day. We've been trying to incorporate some of the betting angles in that. We do win probabilities. We even provide the lines and recommendations for that, as well as for fantasy, just streaming options, give you guys who are rostered beneath a certain threshold who are above another one that you want to sit for the day based on the matchup. Um, and what I generally do for that is I, I feel the projections for it. I put this together with the, the fantasy baseball forecaster, which I've this crazy thing. I realized I've written that column now for 22 years. Wow. Uh, I, I that's love incredible. That piece. That's, that's like my baby. That's, that's, that's the one that I most enjoy doing, but that turned into what the daily notes is. Now we split it out into daily stats. That's incredible. Um, so I'm constantly going into that file, updating rosters, lineups, bullpens, pitching staffs, projected rotations. It's, it's kind of wild. It's it's a lot of fun, and it keeps my brain going in a different way than uh, than it was on the pod. Absolutely. But uh, again, the pod is missed, but obviously you can catch all his work over there at ESPN. And we're going to talk about some players who are rostered pretty low in ESPN leagues that might be worth a pickup. And obviously caters to the 10-team size and a little bit of a smaller roster, so there is more turnover. And I've always talked about how that doesn't make anything easier. It's different. Some people like, you know, being able to stick with a, a fourth outfielder who's showing some promise and you can do that in a 15 team league. You got to stick and move in shallower format. So we're going to talk about some of these guys that are hot lately. And if we're trying to pick them up, but let's start with a few news and notes and let's get into Luis Matos, who's going to debut, uh, or who has debuted already mm -hmm. for the Giants. Big time prospect at one point, his star kind of dimmed, Justin, and now he's here. He's coming off a strong start at AAA, high contact guy with maybe a little bit of punch. What are your expectations from uh, uh, from Luis Matos this year? I think he's a guy who can make a lot of contact and steal some bases. I, the power never really quite developed, I think, the way that some prospect uh, guys thought it might. Um <laughs> Which is a little unfortunate, but I mean, he hit for some power in AAA. It's just it's Sacramento, which is a pretty good place to hit, and the PCL, which is a great place to hit. So, um, I think he's interesting if you need that speed. If you if you're behind in stolen bases, 
Uh, the Giants seem to let guys run a fair amount, so uh, at least the ones who can run, which isn't a huge portion of the team. But, uh, yeah, I, I like Montos. I just worry he's going to be way too expensive and fat this weekend. Like, he's going to be one of those guys people are going to get overly got. excited about. Yeah, yeah, because he's a former, like, top-tier prospect. People are going <laughs> to see the name. They're going to see, uh, you know, a decent debut and go a little bit crazy, which is just not what I'm willing to do on a guy like Montos. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. Just what do you think about Luis Matos coming up? What formats would you have interest in him where, where affordable? Uh, and it's really about being affordable. Uh, it's probably the NL onlys. Maybe I can make the case in the 15-team mixed, uh, especially if you're starting five outfielders. I like the contact, decent speed. I just I, I don't know that there's greatness in him. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that was a brutal 20, what was it, 22 22 that he had in high class a or maybe it was yes. 21 um recovered no, no. a little Tw bit 22 high gets a. A base hit on his second pitch yesterday yeah already already um, gets that first one off of his uh off his chest there but yeah that was a 74 wrc plus in high a for matos like i said he since bounced back double a triple a this year both went well but it is that that contact type profile, that batting average type profile, that's really hard to click, right? He needs the Babbitt to kind of be working with him. You got to get kind of lucky to get that going. And it's always hard to kind of stream for batting average too. So even if you saw him as a short-termer, I just, I don't know. It's hard. Matos has to have everything kind of go right to be fantasy worthy. Yeah, he he's not a ground ball, leg it out kind of guy. When you think of players like this, when you want them for batting average, you want a guy who can do that. He can leg out some yes. ground, ground ball hits. hits. He had, what, a 30, 35% ground ball rate in the minors, I think. And if you look at yesterday, not hard contact on much of anything. I don't think, I think he, he might have gotten one over 90 miles per hour, and that's about it. And when you're doing that and putting it in the air, there's some risk. Right. Those are flyouts. Those are a lot of flyouts. Yeah, he... Matos makes a lot of contact. It might not always be the best contact. He might be sacrificing some power for that contact right now. Um, and again, Justin brings up how he might be really expensive too. So be careful with Matos, especially if he has a hot week. Make sure you're investigating the, the skills and if you really want to buy into this. Uh, Lance McCullers is going to be done for the season. I can't say I'm terribly surprised by this, unfortunately, given his history. I couldn't be bothered to really draft him or even try to stash him. It's just, I, I love the guy. I think he's a super talented player, but injuries have really kind of derailed him, Justin. It's going to be a right forearm flexor tendon repair to remove a bone spur. Where are we at even on in Dynasty with McCullers? Is this is this a cut if you need a spot? Or are you going to go seek him out to, to stash long-term? This is getting to the point where, I think we're at a turning point with his career. Like, do we know that he's going to come back and be effective? Is he even going to be a starter? Where are you at with McCullers' dynasty style? I think if you have unlimited IL spots, then it makes sense, right? Like, if you're in a league where you can just stash as many injured guys as you want, you take the gamble because there is top 30 starting pitcher upside when he's healthy. The problem is he is just never healthy. Um, and so I think in most formats, uh, most dynasty formats, I'm totally fine just moving on and, you know, filling that roster spot with a, a guy that is a little bit more reliable. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, Tristan, would you go after Lance McCullers Jr. in a dynasty format right now, or are you just passing with the, with the issues that we had? Don't forget, y'all, 47 and two-thirds innings last year, too. So what are we even yeah. going to be ramped up to for next year at age 30 by then, too? What do you think, Tristan? Since August 4th of 2018, 47 starts. 
So he's going to go beyond Ooh. the five-year wow. mark from, from that, making 47 combined starts. That's it. Yeah. To give you an idea, just it's not dynasty, it's a keeper league. I let him go in a keeper league of mine, and then I redrafted him in the 12th round, and we keep 12 players as well as a whole bunch of farm prospects. So he was already buried in the first place last year with these mm -hmm. injuries now, and the fact that this year coming into the season, the Astros seem to feed us more positive information than was yep. really the truth. I'm not sure how confident I could be, no matter what we read during the offseason. I think Agreed. this is the kind of guy you've got to have to have unlimited, unlimited keepers. And in dynasties, you do have that. But that's about the only context in which I'd keep him. Yep, I think so too with Lance McCullers. Wish him the best. Hope he gets back. But for now, I think you just let him go uh, outside of that unlimited ILs and, and we'll see what happens. Vinny P, Vinny Pasquantino, man, this one stings. He's going to be done for the year. Uh, big time blow. Obviously, the Royals are terrible, but big time blow to fantasy folks. That torn labrum in his right shoulder out for the year. He wasn't exactly crushing it, but I think he was meeting expectations. I've seen some negativity about him, like, oh, Vinny P's just not really doing it. 247, nine homers, 24 runs, 26 ribbies. I don't know. I feel like that's totally in line for a Vinny Pasquantino situation. It's a little bit below what you wanted, but I don't think it's so far off that he was a big disappointment. Justin, with this injury, let's spin it forward with Pasquantino, and then we'll talk about a potential replacement. Are you nervous that the shoulder, a torn labrum replace, uh, surgery, is going to impact the power that was already not necessarily transcendent at first going forward for Vinny Pasquantino? I think you have to be. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of people like doing victory laps right now on Fernando Tatis Jr. and him just being amazing since coming back. And yeah. you know what? He's a generational talent. I I don't I like Vinny P a lot. Vinny P is not a generational talent. Um, no, and like you mentioned, player. yeah, you mentioned like he doesn't have prodigious power to begin with, and he plays in that ballpark. I he's probably a guy that unless he's extremely cheap, probably won't be on any of my teams next year. I just I just won't take the risk. Yeah, I think that's I think that's where I'm at as well with Vinny Pasquantino. Tristan, are you looking at Pasquantino as a potential keeper in any format right now, or do you feel the same way that there could be another hit to the already modest power and, and it will really starting to stretch at his fantasy value, especially on that team where the runs and ribbies could continue to be light too? And I think the price is going to come into play because there was a lot of positivity about Vinny yes. coming into the year. So you might not have him at a price that warrants keeping him, that said, if there's not much enthusiasm, I probably will be somebody who's on board next year, just because this is a guy who still has the same skill set, skill set, great contact, impressive approach at the plate and good power. And actually, a lot of the stuff I don't like about him is the park and the yes. team context. It's not him. It's not anything he's doing. And I like the fact that they give him the confidence to bat him second in the lineup. That means at least they'll get a maximum of plate appearances. I probably lean towards yes on him next season. Uh, and the other little nugget I'll throw out there for people is that because you're losing the Royals, a guy like this who made contact at the level he did, they actually become a very plus strikeout matchup for opposing pitchers. There's great yep. streaming value coming now forward. So That's guys that call. are just out there on the waiver wire facing Kansas City, especially in that park, which is very pitching oriented, use them. Yeah, I think that's a great call out there. Another blow to the Royals offense. You can get punchies. We talk about how Washington, you can stream against them, but you're probably not going to get a lot of strikeouts, righties or lefties. They really make a lot of contact. KC known for making some contact. They take a big blow here with Vinny P. Let's talk a little bit about somebody who is pretty widely available over at ESPN leagues. He's about 60% rostered. Jose Abreu 
Tristan, let's start with you on this one. He's on fire right now. It's it's a small sample, but it's like three homers in the last four games or maybe three games straight. A bunch of multi-hit games. Is Jose Abreu coming alive? Are you buying into this? And were you even cutting him in the first place? Where are you at with Jose Abreu? So in our game, I was on board with cutting him just because it's become as shallow as that. You know, mm-hmm. you had to, I mean, we, and we'll get a little bit deeper into that when we discuss some of the players with ESPN roster percentages and the like. In any other context, I was taking the patient route. I, I will admit, I don't have a lot of shares. I'm not a huge Jose Abreu believer. I think he is a very good first baseman, the kind of guy who teeters around the borderline of the top 10 of his position. You know that's what you're going to get. I think that's what he, he has returned to, is he probably feels a little bit more comfortable in his new circumstances. I think things will get better when that lineup gets a little healthier for the second half of the season. Probably not returning to his great years, his career numbers, but solid, solid stats uh, for the rest of the, the, the season. Yeah, especially if you're picking up Abreu from here forward, you can probably get a, a pretty reasonable Abreu facsimile, whereas others, obviously, that have had him all year are kind of working off some of his previous numbers. Justin, are you picking up Abreu in, in shower formats? Is he coming out of this, or is this a flash in the pan? Danny Jansen just took Tyler Wells deep, and I'm, I'm I, I knew. I was, I was actually just, kind of looking uh, at you for I your mean, reaction. I just, oh, man. I I'm, was there, kinda, I'm there with you today, Justin. I've got him in the points league I referenced, so I'm grumbling <laughs> behind I, the scenes with you. I have Danny Jansen in a couple spots, but not in my lineup because he was on the IL to start the week. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yes. Uh, Does that hey. drive you crazy? Yeah, those, those kill me. At least he got seven punchies right now. It's only two runs and four yeah, and a third. I, he's still doing well. If he can get out of the fifth here, and then we'll see where he's at uh, on get pitches. Get start. Get I mean, obviously, start. Obviously, you want that. At 78 pitches, if he can get out of this pretty quickly, I think he's back out for the sixth, Tyler Wells. But yeah, Justin Abreu, um, is, is he coming out of this? You picking him up in shower formats where he's available? Yeah, I think think so i mean that park is tailor-made for him right like he can just i think so pull, too man pull that power like one of the reasons i really like him coming in season is like you knew you were at least going to get decent average and a lot of counting categories hitting in the middle of that mm-hmm. Houston lineup Houston lineup's been a little bit disappointing now it doesn't have yordan he hasn't hit for average and hasn't hit for power so i totally understand if you dropped him but i think now's the time to pick him back up uh and at least ride it for a little while i mean he is you know my age so like at this point like, <laughs> like that is uh that's ancient in baseball terms so uh i i mean i i wouldn't be happy if i was a houston astros fan in terms of the long-term contract they give him but as sure. a fantasy manager i'm totally fine picking him up and uh and rolling with him for right now yeah I, I think we see where this goes here even if you weren't a believer coming into the year if you can get a Brayu now as a waiver pickup that makes some sense i think we should mention that uh, they don't use the CI, the corner infield position, at, at mm-hmm. the ESPN default roster, right, Tristan? That's correct. We yeah, so only that, have them the custom game. That's mm-hmm. why, you know, guys like Abreu can get cuttable pretty quickly, mm-hmm. especially when you're talking 10 teams. Uh, let's shift over to some more players here that are rostered pretty low, which means they're super available. And there is the streaming hitters has become a more popular thing so we're going to talk about the viability of some of these guys in espn formats and i want to start with nolan jones out in colorado obviously anytime you can get a piece of the rockies it can be exciting of course he brings with him a lot of swing and miss tristan with nolan jones is he somebody that that you try to stream in shower formats like the espn roster or is it three outfielders just too shallow to find room for jones outside of weeks where they're going to spend it at home so the first anecdote on Jones is that's just 
representative of my Tout Wars team's bad luck this season is that in a roster crunch, I had to let him go there no. earlier in the season when they demoted him. Was not happy about that. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Good player, sleeper, who I wanted to keep around the entire year. I think because he is a Rockies hitter, he does have appeal in ESPN leagues from simply the streaming perspective. Now, I know he's hitting on the road okay so far. Very small sample, granted. Mm -hmm. But a player who has three true outcomes leanings at cores you get credit for the walks you get credit for the power and that's got that spacious outfield which helps with extra base hits jones can be a pretty useful guy when he's at home and i think that he's going to be readily out there for you anytime that the rockies return back home yeah and sneaky four for four on the base pads for nolan jones as well justin next week at cincy coors light and then back mm -hmm. home against the angels do we like Nolan Jones for a shallow league stream next week, even though half of it's on the road since it's such a good venue? Yeah, especially because they've been on the road for so long. So I think a mm -hmm. lot of the data points to the fact that the Rockies are a terrible on the road early on. and But the yeah. longer they stay on the road, the more acclimated they get to regular air, right? Um, as opposed to thin air and cores. So, yeah, I think I would. Um, while he's still making below league average contact in the zone, his swing strike rate is under 10% right now. Like that's a pretty that's nice. good sign for a guy yeah. like Nolan Jones, um, who definitely has power and even shown a little speed, weirdly enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that I would kind of, you definitely want to roll with the punches with him because he's going to get hot and cold uh, and you may want to drop him when he's cold. But uh, I, I have no problem rolling with him, especially right now while he's hot. Yeah, I agree. Quick note for you. He, he's got two at least currently projected lefties in the Cincinnati series. I still think he plays in those games ah, and the yes. park factor bumps him up because the grades are extremely good. Yes, and Nolan Jones has been playing more against lefties. I might just bat lower in the lineup like today he's or yesterday he batted first against the righties. So he might go lower in the lineup, but he does play against lefties and the ballpark mm -hmm. in Cincy. And not just the four for four at the majors on the bases, five for five in the minors. So Nolan Jones nine for nine on the bases with 16 total homers between AAA and the majors. Looking pretty nice out there. Definitely available in shower formats and I think worth a pickup. Let's talk about Cabrian Hayes at 21%. Obviously, the lack of a corner can raise the bar pretty high, um, especially for somebody that doesn't have a ton of fantasy-relevant skills. But we are seeing things pick up a bit where the power is now matching some of the speed. Now, he is 7 for 12 on the bases. He already has as many cots as he did last year, so they might slow Cabrian Hayes down. But he has four homers, seven steals, 261 average. Is Cabrian Hayes starting to hit your radar for shallower formats, Tristan? He he is, but this guy drives me crazy just because me too. He, he can be incredibly streaky. He's injury prone. I feel like the minute I get on board, and it's not the first time this has been the case, he's just going to run cold again. The other is just Pittsburgh bats. It's a terrible park for right-handed power. So no mm -hmm. matter what kind of power we see from Hayes, I need to see a good matchup before I'm going to invest in him for that reason. And when he's not stealing successfully, when he has the kind of success rate that he has, where is the value coming? Is it coming it, in batting average because he's got good contact? I mean, that's we haven't it seen it's it the, yet. It's the highest average exit velocity of, of his career. That's the best positive I can say for him. Yeah. Maybe that means he's worth a plug in. If I've, if I've in a pinch, I've got an injured third baseman right now and I see where it goes, not ready to go further. Yeah, I've been a major proponent of um, 
of Cabrian Hayes, and I still like him at root for him, but we're not seeing the results yet. I like that he has four homers already after seven all of last year. So that's nice, but I was really hoping for a bigger average bump, I think. From 244 last year to 261, it is better in the deeper leagues I play. He's been fine, but to get him into that shallower situation, it is a little bit tough right now. Where are you currently at on Cabrian Hayes, Justin? Because I know we did have a lot of disagreements about if that power could come forward, and it hasn't been massive. It's a 48-point ISO jump. But with the four homers, seven steals, 261 average, how have you how have you been feeling about Cabrian Hayes as Adley Rutschman ties it up for the Orioles for you guys? Let's go. Love it. Love Let's it. Go. Get him a win. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Love it for both reasons, Adley and the win. <laughs> and Kikuchi's still on the mound, so that means there could be a blow-up coming any minute now. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I'm – I mean, I, I don't think the power is coming. The, the launch angle has raised, which is, uh, you know, really encouraging um, that maybe there could be more power than we've seen in the past. But, I mean, you I know, think it's Paul, the park, big time. Yeah, I think the park hurts him. Uh, but I also just don't – I think, you know, one of the reasons why his exit velocities are so nice is because it's a lot easier to hit the ball on the ground than it is to hit the ball in, in the air. So you can get higher velocity True. on the ground. Um, he's, he's, doubled launch the, angle. he's more than doubled the launch angle. To twelve point two for Cabrian Hayes, yeah. and he's hitting yeah. the ball harder. I don't know. Like I, I still, he makes I still like him. Elite zone contact. He's top ten in the league in zone contact. XBA is like two eighty seven. Uh, I think you're going to get batting average. I think you're going to get stolen bases. Uh, like we've talked about all year long, that Pittsburgh offense is better than people kind of expected or gave it credit for earlier on or prior to the start of the season. I think he's going to be a fine player, but in a ten team league without a corner. I think you become a little bit more limited. Now, those of you playing like, you know, 12 team standard formats, if he's still available on your wire or someone dropped him, uh, I think you should go get him. But yeah, I would, I I would pick him up in those formats for sure. It's a little bit more debatable because he just doesn't, he doesn't have the all around production that you thought you might get from him uh, to put him in a, you know, a util spot or your third base spot necessarily. Yeah, I, I just wish the average was higher for Cabrian Hayes. It is worth noting he's been it great be. at home it this year. I hope he's so. He's in like 444 in the month of June. Yeah, I know. He, he is blazing like hot right now. That's why he made this list. Uh, he could be a stream. You know, if you, I can't think of anybody that just recently has gone out at third base. But if you were going in for an injury fill-in, I think that's probably where you'd mostly find yourself looking to maybe go to Hayes in a shallow format. I wouldn't actively seek him and cut somebody else. And probably going to be a similar case here with Ezekiel Duran, Tristan. Uh, he's been playing well in Texas, but getting a piece of Texas's offense is nice. I'm curious, how's their park been playing um, these days? Because I know it's trended pitcher friendly, but I know that the, that offense is just good. So I don't know, is the park changing at all? But anyway, if you can pull that as well as Ezekiel Duran thoughts, I'm curious if he seeps into your shallow league consciousness at all, or is he just deeply going with his eight homers and three steals? And 295 average. So as far as this year for the Rangers, it's actually playing a little, actually noticeably above average for offense this season. Kind of thought of Uh, this is going, this going from the the baseball savant uh, park factors. Uh, Just this season, it's currently fifth, but it's got a 105 overall factor. 133 for home runs. That surprises me a little bit. Me too. Um, Because that's why I said I had uh, had thought of it as, you know, a little bit pitcher friendly lately. And so, Mm I love the lineup, but do I love the context? The context yeah, they, is looking better. They two, haven't two, turned on the AC yet, so the wind. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> two two things on that though. Rangers have been extremely fortunate on batted balls this year. 
Their okay. offense has been getting a lot of very positive outcomes. And with Park Factors, the sample sizes get a little bit shaky. This is True. this is about the point that we were in the 2020-60 game season. And the Park Factors for that, you saw how they were a little variable. And, so yeah, just and, be we, careful. and we didn't care about those. Yeah, so it's mm -hmm. playing that way doesn't mean it will play that way. So then let's spin it back to Duran, who is more of a lefty killer. 925 OPS against them, 799 yep. against righties. Eight homers, three steals, 295 average. Is that enough to crack your lineup here for Texas uh, since he plays with Texas? Sorry. Yeah, and, and getting into our context for this, I don't see a path for him to get into a standard ESPN lineup. Do I see a path for a 12-teamer? Probably not there either. I think he is the ultimate guy who in the, the previous uh, ESPN game where you had a standard 12-team mixed roster and you could add drop daily and there was no cap on your offense in terms of pickups, I'd pick him when he was facing a pitcher who's home run prone or contact prone because I see some nice things. For example, I just said with the park factors, the baseball savant page, when I go to a baseball savant page and I see a lot of red, I feel pretty good. That's Duran. That said, he's got a couple of very key blues, which is what you don't want. And that's everything having to do with plate discipline. Yep. And that is a concern that leads to a lot of streakiness for a player like this. And it also on a team as good as the Rangers and who already have regulars, it means playing time becomes a little bit of a question. Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's totally fair to point out with Duran, and that could breed some streakiness. Justin, where do you stand on Duran shallow, but also mid-leagues? I'm curious where you think on him. Uh, is he creeping into the 12s, if not the 10s? Because I tend to agree with Tristan on the 10s, and I think you're probably there too. So I wonder where you're at with Ezekiel Duran in the mid-leagues, where I still think he has availability as well. 67% rostered at Yahoo. The nice thing about playing him in a league that has a short bench, which, you know, ESPN uh, leagues do, uh, a lot of, you know, home leagues do, is he's got that eligibility, right? Like, he's That's eligible everywhere, which, like, is the perfect guy to put on your bench, even in a 10-team league, because he just covers, especially if you're in a daily lineups format, right? Because mm -hmm. he can cover so many spots for guys who have days off, uh, got, you know, teams that have days off. Um, but that being said, it's really hard to hold on to a guy like this, especially when I'm so worried about the underlying contact skills. Like, yeah, yes, the batting average is great. There's been power. There's been some speed, but 80% zone contact um, is around 136 among major league baseball players this year. Um, that's not good. And he swings and swings outside the zone a lot. Like, I love the average we've gotten. And if you bank these stats, just be grateful. Cause I know I have in a few leagues, but I just feel like it's going to come crashing down at some point, maybe not like completely apart because he just hits the ball so damn hard that I think he can overcome some of the swing and miss. But it reminds me a lot of the warning signs that we saw on Michael Harris, where like the stats were great coming, you know, at, after last season, but the underlying skills had some real red flags that just scared the crap out of me. And mm -hmm. same thing with Duran. Like, do I think he's going to completely fall apart in the way that Harris did earlier in the season? No, but I think there are going to be some real rough patches at some point. Yeah, and that's, I think, what makes Duran so perfect for deeper leagues because you can withstand those, either benching him or even just keeping him in the lineup to get the occasional homer and steal that will still occur during that time and ancillary runs and ribbies by being part of a good team. 
Um, I don't believe he's going to hold a 132 WRC plus the rest of the way for Ezekiel Duran. Let's talk about a guy that I really like, but he's only 10% rostered at ESPN. And I get it because he's, he's pretty all or nothing. And we're going to get back to the Pirates, but we're going to talk about them from a left-handed perspective, Tristan. And I wonder how PNC plays for Jack Sawinski. He's now playing more against lefties. So the playing time isn't as much of a concern. Uh, yes, he's hitting 249. That is the glaring issue, but a 15% walk rate keeps him on base a ton at 364. 15 homers and six for seven on the base pads. Shouldn't Jack Swinski be more than 10% rostered in the ESPN formats? I am with you. He should. I think he is one of the more underrated players out there. And I think that extends beyond just the ESPN standard game. And I mm -hmm. understand why in our format, I don't think any casual player in our game was expecting very much from the Pirates, exactly. especially not from him of any player. But if you look at what he's done this year, a little bit more elevation. Granted, he's given up some strikeouts for it. A lot of power. I mean, very good raw power metrics. This is a turned into a, a true a three true outcomes kind of guy. Yeah. And as you mentioned with the park, yes, it's a little bit more favorable for left-handed than right-handed hitters. It's not a great park for left-handed power, but it's middling. I'd say it's very much a neutral park. You look okay. at the three-year numbers for homers, it's actually, uh, we're, no, I had it a second ago. It was right around 100 last I had checked. Okay, um, so, and that with his with Swinsky's great power, he's not going to be hurt by that, then he'll feast on, on a neutral park. Yeah, and in, in his case too, that's another one that you can mix and match. I actually just added him because I, the guy I had wasn't playing and I needed Sawinski just to fill in based on that day. So, you know, like right there, I probably boosted up some of the, the ESPN roster percentage myself. Yeah, there um, you go. He, he also, interestingly, with, with putting in some of the Daily Note stuff, the Pirates actually play him a lot against lefties. He's not good against mm -hmm. them, but they, they look at him as a regular player. They think he's important enough to hit in the middle of that lineup. That's another big plus. I agree. And I really like that about Sawinski is the extra playing time there. Maybe he can improve, and if they're trying to let him figure it out on the fly. We, we ask teams to do this. This is the downside of it. So we can't really complain too much because when they give up on the guy, we say, oh, you didn't even let him try against lefties. Teams usually know, but hey, they're at least trying it with Sawinski and he does have three runs, four ribbies and a steal against them. And those ancillary numbers can help, especially in the deeper formats. Over at Yahoo, he's 44%. So again, they cater more to 12. So we're kind of running the gamut here. Um, Justin, that's low. I was going to say, do you think that that's still low for Sawinski, 44% with 15 homers, six steals? So what do you think, Justin? Uh, would you be picking him up then? It, if you ever wanted proof that reincarnation exists, I mean, this is Adam Dunn, right? Like, this is like, I mean, I, I know Adam Dunn's not actually dead, but like, this is like the career <laughs> of Adam it, Dunn. In case uh, anybody was worried. Yeah, so, um, I... It's such a weird profile because he's got the fourth worst zone contact in all of baseball, but he swings outside of the zone less than 20% of the time. He, I mean, he is just like that prototypical, like, you know, I'm going to swing and miss, but I'm also going to get a crap ton of walks. It really helps offset things if you're in on-base percentage leagues. Um because he takes his A swing all the time. Yeah. Like, that's the uh, thing. So that's, that's where you get those misses in the zone is that he's hacking. Yeah, because when he connects, then Solinsky's going bomb pop with it. That's why he's got 15 and a 299 ISO. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I just man, I feel like that 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 swing and miss inside of the zone like is gonna be a problem. Uh, but 
he's gonna have such hot streaks that like it makes up for it. So it's a matter of whether or not you can ride the waves. And I think those in those leagues like Tristan's head-to-head points league, that's going to be really, really frustrating. If you're in a yeah. roto league and kind of set and forget it and look yeah. at the end of the line at the end of the season and go, okay, yeah, you know, he, he didn't help my batting average, but in a year where power is really hard to get, he gave me a crap ton of power. Then I totally get it. I, I feel like, but those of you who play head-to-head leagues, man, this is the kind of guy that can make you win or lose your playoffs. And those can be really, really frustrating uh, yeah. come playoff time. So he's not necessarily the guy I want on my roster come playoff time, um, unless I really, really need a boost. Yeah. It's like n- nobody's good every single week. Right. But we do from a head to head points stand- standpoint, but we do know that certain guys are definitely more volatile than others. Mm-hmm. And of course the, the three true outcome uh, profile tends that way. And, you know, cause when it's not working, they might be still taking some walks, but they're striking out a ton. And that average is just hemorrhaging. But right now I think Sawinski's under rostered in all of the shallower formats. Uh, he is hundred percent at the main event. I, I just think he's too good at this 15 team. Of course he's going to be, but I think he's too good right now to be that lowly rostered. Uh, let's shift over to the mound. Let's talk about somebody we, we mentioned earlier, did have a good start yesterday that, on Justin's bench, unfortunately. It is Ranger Suarez. He's 24% rostered. Tristan, is he doing enough to kind of get back in the good graces of fantasy folks, or is he still a little too sketchy to be much more than a streamer over at ESPN? Which is just the nine uh, P spots, right? Or is there SP? It's, uh, no, it's seven. It's seven, and it's not any specific to starters or relievers. Seven so, but, and all P, okay. And, and what's interesting enough is that I haven't found it's as beneficial this year to go heavy on relievers. I used to make sure I had a relief pitcher in every non-starting pitcher spot. Like, mm-hmm. if I didn't have a guy actually physically pitching that day, it would be a relief pitcher. It hasn't been as beneficial as I expected. It's hard to do on the seven-man context. Suarez fits in that weird group of pitchers who's kind of in between. He's not quite a strong uh, streamer because he doesn't fit all the matchup specs, yep. but he's also too good to just be freely out there. So in yep. our game, unfortunately, players like this don't have much meaning. I, I don't see Suarez getting onto our radar. I do see him belonging on the radar of 12 teamers, and that's where you should be picking and choosing the offenses he plays. Not so much the matchups, it's the offenses that he plays. You want to have him more often than not going against weaker teams, and if it's 15 team, I think he's probably routinely in your lineup unless it's a cores week. Yeah, and he's only 26% at Yahoo, which again, caters with a couple extra teams at 12. And so then... I'm curious how that's going to look for next week when Ranger Suarez sets up with a two-step Justin. He's going to be home against Atlanta and the Mets. Should those shallower formats be streaming Ranger Suarez next week? Tough matchups, but both at home. Justin, we're going to do the same thing that I just did this week. I'm with you with Ranger on the bench. (laughs) Tell me what to do. (laughs) Oh, man. If it it wasn't Atlanta, because Atlanta's so good at hitting left-handed pitching, um... I'm probably passing, and I'm probably going to regret it because he has been really, really good over his last four starts, um, mm-hmm. including some really tough matchups. Uh, but I just I don't know that I can risk it. What, I think it'll, what if I, I think told it, you it'll depend on I, like your other options? What if I told you last thirty days Atlanta two eighty seven Woba against lefties? I mean, let's go. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I. I'm feeling pretty, pretty burnt, uh, mostly by myself. I got in an argument with Nick Pollock on the Friends of Fantasy Benefits uh, podcast the other day, and he told me not to start 
uh, Daniel Lynch over Ranger Suarez, um, and so mm. I have to address him now as Sir Nick Pollock, um, Ooh, as as a, per the parameters of our yeah. bet, um, uh, because he's <laughs> pitching royalty, right? So, uh, but yeah, maybe I will. Oh man, I think it really depends on the rest of your roster. So, like, I think you want to be really, really careful. I just, you know, we talked about this with other guys i think on the last episode it's like it takes a long time to work off those really terrible outings yeah and i just don't know if i want to risk it especially because in fairness he's only had never mind he's had three never mind never i was gonna say he's only had two but he only has seven starts anyway go ahead tristan i'll throw a real wrench into the mix here did you know daniel lynch next week gets detroit on the road and tampa on the road (laughs) Yeah, no, he's I'm pitching no in, He's pitching in Tampa. That's no yeah, at least he's got Tampa's the park the, factor. Yeah, Tampa's the best team against left-handed pitching, in spite of what Hogan Harris just did to him. Hogan uh, Harris, Ho- baby, what's up? Hogan Harris. Uh, you heard it here first. By that amazing <laughs> crowd in Oakland, which you is heard, probably exactly. the last time I will exactly. ever get to say that. Um, yeah. I wish I wish. I mean, I wish I could have been there. Um, I know you talked about. I tried to urge you, but my kid, my kid was sick, so like I couldn't like. And my wife was sick. If it was just my kid being sick or just my wife being sick, I'm gone. But, but the pair. The combination, she was all like, listen, if, if you go, your stuff will be on the lawn by the time. Don't come back. back. <laughs> <laughs> you might yeah. as well look for residence in Oakland. So, uh, yeah, no no way would I start uh, start mm. Daniel Lynch. Daniel Lynch will not be on my team come next week. He oh, he's on, getting he'll be on the draw. It was one bad inning. It was one. I'm just saying it was, it was one bad it, inning. It, it okay. Was, it, Super frustrating, Sir Nick Pollock. This one shocks me, and maybe it's just shallow league, deeper league uh, disparity here. Tanner Bybee is not highly rostered. 22% at ESPN, 48% at Yahoo. How's this guy not in all formats played, Tristan? Is he, is he not somebody who should be rostered in every league? Where is he falling short that I'm missing? I, I mean, I know he had a bad, bad last outing, but even with a big surge in drops after that, I can't imagine that I would still be all that comfortable with these roster rates. I'd be having Bibby for Bibby for sure. What about you, Tristan? Yeah, and I, I don't know that he was dropped in a large number of leagues just based on that past start. I suspect it's possible as I quickly search. No, he is not because on. Before not on that. The, oh, he is actually. He's Okay, he's down 6%. That's not much. No, before that, three oh five ERA. This this did raise his ERA quite a bit. But yes. before that, I'm like, this guy, how's he not an all formats guy? Bybee. So part of it is simply that it it takes a lot for somebody to grasp to a player who is not considered one of the very top prospects in baseball. Even True. those players, people do not get universally on board. Ellie De La Cruz, for example, has a seventy one percent roster rate in ESPN. Oh wow, which makes no sense to me. I wrote the other day, he needs to be universally rostered. And that was totally the day before agree. he got called up. There was no question when they said it was, it was, you, you have to like that because with what he can do, he's easy all formats, but yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. You're saying Bybee being a lower tier prospect, not that well known. And obviously again, we're talking about a different, some of y'all are diehards on here. You're like, I know who Tanner Bybee is. I, I remember him in high school. Okay, great. We're talking about more of a, um, not, not as deep on the prospect level user base. So they're like, who's this Tanner Bibby guy? They don't even know that it's Bibby, which is right. stupid, and by that's, the way. That's it. It's that they're going to call him Bibby. I actually <laughs> have seen broadcasts where he was called Bibby. 
Bybee, people. It's Bybee. It is and Bybee. you need to know him because the two guys that this reminds me of, he did soar up the prospect ranks. It's not that he wasn't ranked. He reminds me of Christian Javier and Josiah Gray from this regard, oh. that it was a year of minor league excellence that pushed Bybee up. And I don't think people get on board, at least in a, a standard shallow mixed league as quickly as they need to. And that presents opportunities for us. I love I this guy's stuff. I love the confidence the Garden Guardians had in keeping him in that rotation when they had the crunch a couple of weeks ago. I don't think he's an elite pitcher the rest of the year. There'll be some adjustments and you want to be sure. careful of the tough matchups. But I, I like the guy. I think he's, I, I actually just wrote for this weekend. I think he has a rebound outing and he's in Arizona. Yeah, I think so too. And uh, yeah, going to Arizona, that's a good team. I respect the baby snakes quite a bit, but I'm not as afraid to take my pitchers into to Arizona because it's, it's not a terrible place to pitch. And I believe in Bybee and I fully believe in Cleveland. So you throw in a quality prospect with Cleveland. I'm all the way there. Justin, where are you at on medium sized leagues with Bybee? Should he also be heavily rostered there? Obviously, if we, if you agree that he should be in shallow, then he should be in middle. Where are you at on Bybee just generally? I mean, I think part of the issue is when you're playing a shallow league, and I'm learning this lesson because we're playing in a, a shallow league this year for the sleeper in the bus, the uh, head-to-head league, um, mm-hmm. is it's so hard to want to cut those guys. Like, it, it's not so much like I want to pick up the Bybees of the world. I want to pick up the Logan Allens of the world, uh, you know. But, like, sometimes you look at your roster, especially if you're like me and you're used to playing in 15-team mixed or deeper, you go, who the hell do I cut? Like, I don't want to yeah. put – Josiah Gray out onto the wire or, you know, you know, or a guy that, you know, Alec Manoa prior to Alec Manoa, you know, like completely. Like, you know, I don't want to cut Reed Detmers there. in that league. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not going to, like, I still believe in him. Yeah. And it, I guess it is hard. It's just like those clusters of talent. Some guys get left out. I do think he should be on the higher end of a cluster though. I believe in Bobby quite a bit. I just think he's under rostered at both of those formats. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think he's going to be, I, though I do agree with Tristan, I, I don't think he's going to be like elite or something super special, but I think he's going to be an above average starter, which considering the injuries we've had this year, the underperformance we've had this year, like an above average starter in fantasy right now is like a gold mine. He should definitely should be more than like 20 something percent rostered in different places. Absolutely. Absolutely. It seems the market when he just had a bad start, this next guy we're going to talk about, I'll start with Justin. Um, Edward Cabrera was rolling, but it seems like the roster rates didn't really trickle up that much based on his five starts of quality work, a 293 ERA, 31 strikeouts in 27 and two thirds. Then he gets hammered in Seattle. So that's not appealing to anybody. But should he be rostered in more than just 21% of ESPN leagues? Edward Cabrera, does he is he making enough out there to be a shallow formats guy? I think at this point, Edward Cabrera in a shallow league is just a straight streamer. Um, yeah. I mean, he can just devastate your whip, uh, especially with the, the walk issues. Even when he was rolling, he was still walking too many guys in the majority of those starts. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, the upside is great. I just don't know if he's ever going to turn into the guy that we thought he might. Um it reminds me a lot of like Jonathan Sanchez when he was like, it's oh. like, oh, this guy can go out and throw a no hitter, but he can also just destroy you on any given week. Uh, and it feels to me feels like uh, uh, an Edward Cabrera type. And it, that is the guy you don't need to have on your roster. You can just pick up and drop as needed. Exactly. It shows you how important command is. Not that people don't know, but it's just like this guy can look like a world class pitcher on one day. And then you do not know how he's in the major leagues for like the next three starts and then three gems. And it's just so volatile. It makes it really tough 
particularly in shallow leagues where those bombs can really hurt you, then you have to spend so much more time working those off. Tristan, Edward Cabrera does have Toronto and Pittsburgh both at home next week. Is there any shallow league appeal for, for the Edward Cabrera two-step? Yeah, the, the the comp that came to mind for me was A.J. Burnett throwing a Billy the Marlin. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's it's very pretty he, stuff. He eventually that figured it out. Maybe maybe Cabrera <laughs> finds his, his uh, Sherpa to lead him to promised land. He had that, what, nine walk, nine strikeout, no hitter. I yes, so. that was amazing. But Cabrera is just a guy I really want to believe in. I mean, back-to-back -back years are better than a 30% whiff rate. But here's the problem. 42, no, 52% first pitch strike rate, 41% zone rate, and the zone rate for the league is a little over 49. So this guy can't control much of anything. Mm -hmm. The three pitches that miss at least the bats at least 35% of the time, they're great. I love it, but you got to control them. He could probably capitalize on, you said it's in Pittsburgh, right? No, no, home for both, Pittsburgh and Toronto. Well, okay, he gets Miami, he still gets the park factor. I, yeah. I want no part of the Toronto matchup. Mm -hmm. and And that's... I've got a lot of leagues like this where the two-star pitchers matter, especially points leagues. You have to make mm -hmm. tough decisions. In the one I mentioned before, I probably have to start him because the Pittsburgh matchup is good enough. However, I'd love to split those up if I could. And that in ESPN's be, game, you can. That would be beautiful, so, yeah. If you're playing in the daily format movement, uh, you can just say, no thanks on Monday with Toronto for Cabrera. No thanks to that one. And then uh, jump back in for Pittsburgh. If you do have to start him for the week, at least this is a guy when he's on which you don't know, he is matchup proof when he's on. Like, I don't yeah. care if it's if it's Tampa in Coors. When, in fact, he went into Coors. That's where his debut was, and he pitched brilliantly, and then he pitched there recently and pitched well. So when he's on, environment, team, doesn't matter. But when he's off, the three of us and six others got a shot against him because we just go up there and just stand and take 50 walks. Let's talk about another guy who does have walk issues, but he's shown flashes this year, too. They're very similar here. So let's just bring Mackenzie Gore into the mix. He's got better surface numbers right now. He's been running hot, but did hit a blip with Atlanta. Of course, in shallow leagues, Justin, you should have never been taking on that start, I don't think. I think that would have been playing too close to uh, with too much of fire there. I like what he's been doing. I think Mackenzie Gore's been a streamer. Is he beyond that, though? Is he a team streamer in shallow leagues, or are you just coming and going with Gore the way you are with Cabrera? I think he's a team streamer in shallow leagues. I mean, he's what sets him apart from two Cabrera. walks in his last three starts? Yeah, I mean, and you still have the upside of that eleven strikeout performance at Kansas City. You probably want to be smart and not start him against teams that you murder left-handed pitching like Atlanta uh, can do. Not, I guess they're not doing right now. Well, but. <laughs> by the way, I did want to follow up on that. That I wasn't saying that as definitive. I was trying yeah, to get you yeah. to do exactly what you did, which was say, yes, I'm in. Um, they are still first for the year. I like to look yeah. at the last 30 days, but it's not my guiding principle 100%. Mm -hmm. It gives me an idea of where they're at. But even with that last 30 days being so low for Atlanta, they still are number one in Woba against lefties. So be careful. But yeah, so with uh, back to Gore, you do want to keep him around. Interestingly, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but most of these starters you chose are two-star guys. Oh, did no, I didn't. I, oh, okay. I, I went got to the ESPN Player Raider, and I started sorting or I sorted by like who's been great this year and then kind of look for officer percentage. And I was all like, that's okay. awesome. Uh, yeah. We'll end up talking about some of these guys more tomorrow on our two start episode, but I will prompt you with it now though. St. Louis at home, San Diego on the road for Gore revenge match. Mm -hmm. Where are you at for shallow formats with that? Is that a start? 
Because team streaming in a shallow format means you do skip some two-steps where you aren't going to cut the guy. Because you know we have our little litmus test mm -hmm. of if you can't start a guy in a two-step, you might have to cut him. Shallow leagues, that's that's not that does not apply. I think that's a tough one because while St. Louis has just been dreadful, they can still hit left-handed pitching pretty well, um, especially when you've got Arenado and, and Goldschmidt in you know the middle of that lineup. Uh, mm -hmm. And San Diego seems to maybe coming back to life a little they, bit. They always scare me. Like, I, yeah. I never just blindly trust the numbers on them. I know the numbers aren't there, but I know any day I can get blown out by San Diego. Yeah. And I know any given day you can get blown out by any team. But, like, they are a high probability to still get you. So, St. So Louis at San Diego, deeper, you think? Deeper league, I'm definitely, I think, rolling with it. Oh, yeah, uh, 15. In a, yeah. in a shallower league, uh, I think I it would really depend on my other options. Uh, I'm starting okay. over Ranger Suarez. How about that? Got it. Uh, Tristan, with Mackenzie <laughs> Gore, do you see him as definitively different than Edward Cabrera or in that same bucket? No, he's definitively different. I, I think he's one who scares me a little bit less. I don't think the upside is as great. I, agree. Uh, I like the fact greater velocity. Nationals are giving a commitment as a regular starter. Six of his past 10 have been over 100 pitches. Which so is they great. do look at him like a regular guy. So that means no worrying about the workloads and the like. The only thing that really bugs me about him is we're, we're saying matchups streaming with him. There aren't a lot of great matchups coming up. We mentioned the Houston ones that's tonight. The Cardinals, Padres. Mm -hmm. He's going to get the Phillies after that. And then it's going to be either the Reds or the Rangers, depending on which game oh, of the series. Probably schedule the Reds gods. Very mean to him. Yeah. My goodness. Because Reds right now. If he can get through that and navigate okay and keep up the control he's had, the second half could wind up having some pretty decent matchups. Exactly. Yes, we could end up looking back on this saying, remember when Gore turned the corner against that gauntlet and became a dude, right? So keep tabs on him, even in a shallow league. If you aren't starting him, I, I do think he is a team streamer that you're really trying to hold because the upside is rich, not as rich as Edward Cabrera's, but the floor also not as bad. Let's talk about a reliever. <laughs> he might only need to be 12% because he blew it again. <laughs> I put but him Giovanni on the list and then, he, and then he went and did what he did. Yeah, you, you did put him on the list last night and then Giovanni Gallegos got blown out again. So his roster rate might even be lower than 12%. He is the dude while Helsley's out, at least for now, Tristan. Does that stay? Uh, if you need saves, would you go for Gallegos in, in the ESPN format? Seeing as I just recommended, what was it, two days ago when they placed Helsley on the injured list to add Giovanni Gallegos. I, I it love like him, his but job. man, yes. Velocity's so down, bothersome. Mm -hmm. And that, that could be an issue of the hefty work he's had over the years. Yep. But doesn't look right. He gave up that really untimely home run yesterday. Looked awful. And then my mind goes next to who else is going to close if not for him. Orioles and then my leading. mind next goes to, does it matter? They're the worst team in the National League. But, yeah. but shouldn't they be better than this? So I'm sort of, my mind is twisted in all sorts of different directions with Gallegos. I'm probably going to forgive him and give him a little bit of rope here. But he's certainly not a top 10 closer. When you're not that, it's hard to make the case in a shallow mixed league. Yep, it really is. But uh, I do think if you need saves, I, I, I've been a long time stand, so don't even take my opinion. Justin, what do you think of Giovanni Gallegos in shallow leagues? <laughs> Everyone knows I love him, right? So I'm going to give him longer yeah, leash. Yeah. And he is the closer. And I'm with you on – sorry, I, I am going to add my little two cents because they, <laughs> they are such a conundrum for me too because I look at them as like a quality team. I'm like, oh, G Giovanni yeah. Gallegos could get some real saves here. But then I look, they have 19 wins. They suck so bad. So anyway, sorry, Justin. I said I wasn't going to talk about him, and then I got in. Gallegos, shallow formats. Are you going to go for him if you need the saves? Is it, is it worth buying low here where nobody's in? 
I think it is because I think he is the dude. I mean, who else? They're not going to Chris Stratton. Um, like Wouldn't Jordan Hicks. That? Like uh, yeah, I mean, Hicks. I mean, who Palante? else is there? Yeah. I, I don't like, but. I've said that before, like, oh, there's no one to go with. And then the Cardinals just make up Ryan Helsley out of thin air. Like, you know, like. <laughs> True. Uh, there's always somebody in, in yeah. every bullpen these days. There's always Steven somebody. Matz. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Justin would love that. They tried too. him in the 10th yesterday. I don't know. I know. How'd like, that work out? It was, <sighs> I mean, it was great for the Giants. It was not good for yes. me personally having Jordan Montgomery on my team and losing yeah. that win. Um, so, uh I, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I, I will still maintain until the they're, the moment they are mathematically eliminated from that division. I still think they're going to win that division. Like I just, like the rest of that division is so horrible. And on paper, they should. They were my World Series pick coming I into mean, the year. Like I, they I understand, be like so much better than this. I just they don't like, make sense. I, I talk about it. This feels like years of devil magic finally coming finally. back to haunt them. Like the bill is due. See, yeah, they never like, thought – so when they made the deal back in, like, the 50s, they never thought 2023 was going to happen. They're like, yeah, we'll, yeah. Pay you, we'll pay you devil the bill in They're 2023, like, whatever that is. The ends in 2012. Like, no way exactly. 2023 ever comes about. So that's, this is what's happening here. When they, mm-hmm. when they sold their souls to be the, the, like, best NL team ever and create all these players out of thin air like Ryan Helsley, not a real player um, – <laughs> But yeah, the bill has come due because I, I still don't look at this team anywhere near 27 and 42. I think I said they don't have 20 wins. They, they don't have 30 wins. They have 27 right Seven, now. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I do think if you need saves, though, I think they're going to continue to trust him. They've gone back to him so many times after blowups. I do think Gallegos will be the guy. And in shallow leagues, there's going to be guys out there. But who do you really want? Do you want to keep playing in Colorado's bullpen or any of the other crap teams' bullpens? If I'm going to play in a crap teams' bullpen, it is still going to be St. Louis because until they're yeah. like 15 back, I'm not. You know, this is a horror movie villain here. I'm not turning my back on them. Because they're mm-hmm. going to pop up in front of me alive with a knife if I do. So I'm staying put on the cards, and I'm I'm just going to keep watching. They're not even in my favorite division, but I'm just going to keep watching, making sure they don't sneak up. Anyway, Giovanni Gallegos Every, pick them up. Everyone keeps saying, things. Cardinals, do they trade? Do they trade guys? Until that happens, we still have to consider them in this. And Justin, exactly. I think to your point, that, that division is still very wide open. Wide open. The, the question team. is, who do they really have to trade? Like, I mean, oh, we like, were looking at this this morning. I do a little uh, box score like, review show three, four times a week. They got a few, like Montgomery for sure. Michael he's is, on walk year. I think you could look at maybe Michael, Michael, Michael has two more years at 18.5. So yeah. I think that might be a tough sell. Same with Matt's at 12.5 for the next two years. Um, you could look, I, I think O'Neill, even though his contract isn't coming up, I think he would be on the table. Uh, Get I don't him think, out of there. I don't think Arenado or Goldie are on the table. DeYoung. Yeah. Could be tradable. Um, Flaherty. Somebody would want Flaherty. Flaherty. Yeah. Stratton and Hicks are also free agents. Mm. And so those are yeah. relief pieces. So, I mean, they, and if you trade five, six of those guys, that's going to dent the team. But they have to be like 12, 15 behind but before they're going to do that. The point is wait until even if there's a minor move. If they yes. trade yeah. any supporting characters, that gives you a signal as to what's happening there. Exactly, exactly. All right, our last guy here is Jaime Berea, who's only 3%. I love that you put him on here, Justin, because this is one of my guys. This would be a guy I'd have a hard time cutting in a shallow league, even though he should probably just be uh, a, a streamer, a standard streamer. But I don't know. I feel like he might have team streamer status. I like Jaime Berea. 
Tristan, where are you at on Jaime Berea? He's uh, becoming a deep league play, somebody that people are putting in their lineup pretty consistently lately after these three starts. Has he shown enough to get any shallowly consideration from you with the Angels, Jaime Berea? He's begun to. What bugged me most over the past couple of weeks was he was the one being treated as the sixth man and they're yeah. going with, or were previously until this whole Shohei Otani's a little fatigued, they were pushing him back in the rotation to make Otani's every sixth day thing work. Mm -hmm. uh, that said, really big spike in terms of uh, suppressing hard contact. And yeah. I, to me, that's a bit surprising. This is a guy who's decent slider. I don't see an awful lot else with his other pitches. That's kind of been the way from him in the past. And that improved him from the contact guy he was, at least when he got to the majors. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure where this is coming from this year. I haven't done a lot of deep digging. It's more that, and I'm glad you put him on here, because this is one who... It's kind of flagging in our minds that maybe there's some streaming opportunities coming up and yeah. we should think a little more seriously about him for the second half. Yeah, I like that with Berea. He is really just leaning on that slider big time. It's been a, a premium pitch for him, and that's helping generate a 15% strikeout minus walk, which is a career high. Three starts uh, his last three times out, uh, and then a five, five scoreless before that against Boston. And then there was a relief appearance mixed in there where he did give up four runs, but they were all unearned. So anyway, Justin, with Berea, you put him on the list. I imagine that means you got a little tinge of interest for him. He's making a shallow league play for you. I think right now while he's pitching well and, and getting away with things, yes. But I also think he's like a quick cut uh, if things start to go sideways. The BABIP's really low. Strand rate's really low. Um, really high. Uh, there's, oh wait, no, maybe it's turn rate is fine then. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, What's it at? Let me look. Uh, Seventy-one percent. Oh yeah. Okay, that's low, a, low, that's low, on average. That's actually good. So, but the bad uh, not, bad bit at two forty-six is pretty low. You're right there. Yeah. Umbria. Sierra and the like. Sierra says he's like a four ERA pitcher, which feels about right, right? Home run to fight ball rate low. I that's deeper league viable. Yeah. I wonder if he's one of those guys where, like, as things start to warm up around the country in the summer, like, he just gets rocked a few times. Homers um, have been I, a, a perennial issue for Berea, yeah. and he's at .8 homer per nine right now with a 9% homer to fly ball. So that's a good call. I could see that being the primary issue. I think you uh, pick, if, on, if pick, on bad, pick on bad teams with him, but I think he is just a straight-up streamer in, in a agree. shallow league. And you don't have to worry about next week because it doesn't look like he's going to get a start. They only have five games. And you don't want in on this anyway. It's Dodgers and at Colorado. So let him take the week off. Maybe yeah. get some relief. Go on vacation. And, you know? Yeah, gear up, gear up for the following <laughs> week with Berea. Um, I do like him a lot in, in deeper leagues, though. I am picking him up, holding him. And if he ends up getting cut this week because somebody sees they need the roster spot in the deeper league, be ready to pick Jaime Maria back up next week. Uh, anyway, that's going to do it. Tristan, thank you so much for being with us. It's great to My talk pleasure. with you. Uh, I trust we'll see you out in Arizona in the fall. That's the hope. Yes. I'm always looking forward to that. You know, got to get some quality XFL drafting and I'm going to give you one uh, final thing on the, on the uh, game things as we talked Absolutely. about before mm -hmm. is I challenge that people who are not comfortable with playing the shallow mixed leagues to give it a try. Our game's still yeah. open to play for the rest of the yes. year. Um, I wrote a piece about this a couple of weeks ago that it does give us a lot more of a challenge in terms of picking our individual matchups. And I think that's the thing that, that kind of deepens our knowledge in fantasy baseball. Um, yeah, I know I know a lot of people like to play second half leagues. You can still jump in, create a league over at can. ESPN. 
and and draft from here forward. And I think that those leagues are fascinating. Whenever you do a league that starts in the midst of a season, the drafts there are just amazingly disparate and insane. Yep. Sorry, we're getting a little uh, plumbing work done there. If you guys can hear the vacuum in the background. Kyle, Kyle Gibson had a day off. <laughs> Kyle Gibson came through, man. He, 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 he went from home. being a he's doing indoor work landscaper. Now. now he's doing indoor work. Yeah, he's got yeah. The yeah. <laughs> you gotta get paid those big bucks uh, if, all right if, Justin. if we have uh if we have enough people maybe in our discord um that want to get together a second I'll, I'll on do a second SPN, yeah i'd be down to do that i i'm i would tell you this my points they did a mid-season draft where we did a live auction back in the day oh, and i miss those if we can get one together yes and by the way i mean you can it's not even a matter of just playing the shallow mix. You can do a custom league manager league. So you can mm -hmm. set any format you want. We could do a 15 teamer. Perfect. All right. right. So uh, hit me, hit me up in the discord. And uh, if I can get, you know, another seven people, then we can get, you know, 10 people uh, between the three of us and uh, seven in our discord to uh, get an ESPN league going. Uh, and, uh, and Paul can redeem himself from the awful season he's having. I'm, I'm getting absolutely destroyed in head to head because um, I'm having trouble cutting guys. I need to be cutting. But anyway, J Tristan, thank you so much for being on. People can find you at Sultan of Stat on Twitter. Anywhere else uh, besides obviously your daily work over at ESPN? I'm over at Facebook too. Same handle. Excellent. And Justin, I will talk to you tomorrow about some two star pitchers. Take it easy.